It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. I'm Kelly Reese and this is your KVMR Evening News. First up tonight, the California Report has details about a new statewide hotline. The resource was created as an alternative to calling police to report hate acts. Then the California News Service looks at Los Angeles' dependence on imported water. Could there be a solution on the horizon? We've got your local news and weekend weather forecast, which, yes, continues to be wet. And the Strawberry Music Festival returns to the Nevada County Fairgrounds May 25th. KVMR's Felton Pruitt sits down with the festival's manager, Bix Beeman, to hear about this year's lineup. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Hundreds of parents and teachers in Oakland are taking to the picket line for day two of the citywide teacher strike. KQED's Phoebe Quentin reports. Oakland is a union town. Many parents came with their children to show support for teachers who are negotiating for better salaries and support services for students. Sebastian Castrochini has two first graders at Hoover Elementary. He says he's taking time off to care for his children and is prepared to wait out the strike. Even though I don't like playing teacher and taking off work, I will do it if that's what it takes to get what our kids deserve. The school district has kept schools open, but with limited staffing. Melissa McDonald is a teacher at Greenleaf in East Oakland and parent of two kids. She says the strikes might interrupt high school students taking AP exams. Lots of kids building those relationships and then just sort of lose the steam behind it at the end of the year. This is tough. This is tough for kids. Harley Poston teaches at Skyline High School. He hopes that the strike serves as a learning opportunity for students. It's a lesson that the daily neglect and insult they face going to these schools with rats on the ground and water dripping through the ceiling, that your teachers do not simply ignore this. Teachers said they hope to get a counteroffer from the district, but if not, the strike will go on. That was KQED's Phoebe Quinton. Meanwhile, in Hollywood, writers are on strike for a fourth day, and there's been no real movement in those talks since the strike began. In response to rising reports of hate crimes, California is launching a hotline for people to report acts of hate. The California Report's Izzy Bloom has more. The new statewide hotline is an alternative to calling police, instead connecting individuals with trauma-informed care coordinators in over 200 languages. They can provide resources like mental health support, legal services, and housing assistance. Assemblymember Al Muratsuchi, who pushed for the hotline, spoke at a press conference rolling out the new resource. Most hate crimes and hate incidents are never reported. And so that's why this online reporting system, combined with a toll-free hotline, will allow victims and witnesses to report a hate incident in a safe and anonymous manner particularly those who may face language or cultural barriers or are undocumented. Reports of hate crimes are at their highest level in decades. From 2020 to 2021, they surged by nearly 33%, according to a California Department of Justice report. If you or someone you know needs support, you can call 833-866-4283 or 8338-NO-HATE. You can also report an incident online at cavshate.org. 
For the California Report, I'm Izzy Bloom. The attorney generals of California and New York are investigating claims of discrimination in the National Football League's corporate office. In announcing the investigation, California's AG Rob Bonta pointed to reporting by the New York Times, which described gender discrimination and harassment by more than 30 female former NFL employees. Here's New York Times reporter Ken Belson. The NFL isn't simply another business. It's a a very prominent sports league, and it also holds itself up as kind of a cultural leader on a lot of these issues. And so I think what we found was a disconnect from what the league said publicly about itself and what it was doing internally on the same front. The investigation does not involve specific teams or players, but is based on alleged conduct at the league's office in California and New York. The NFL says it will cooperate with the investigation, but denies the allegations. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, comprising its School of Medicine and Adult and Children's Health Systems, working together to advance knowledge and improve lives. StanfordMedicine.org Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at Guideline.com CA. Guideline the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health, on the web at 11thHourRacing.org. And finally, today is Cinco de Mayo, and while many people still believe it's the day Mexico won its independence from Spain, it's actually the day Mexico won the Battle of Puebla in 1862 against the Second French Empire. It's a holiday mostly celebrated in the United States, but in the last several years, it's marked the weekend Mexican boxing champion of the world, Saúl Canelo Álvarez, gets back in the ring. And that's something that brings Mexican families together on both sides of the border. And that's the California Report for Friday, May 5th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Brendan Willard, Christopher Beal, Catherine Monahan, Jim Bennett, and Seal Muller. Our producers are Izzy Bloom and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral, and our interim director of news is Erica Kelly. Our vice president of news is Ethan Tobin Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Northern and Southern California butt heads over lots of things. One particularly contentious issue water. Up ahead, the California News Service investigates initiatives in Los Angeles to cut dependence on imported water from its northern neighbor. But even this idea isn't without pushback. Downtown L.A. has gotten 28 inches of rain this season, around double an average year, making it one of the top 10 wettest years on record. Streams typically drain into giant dams like the San Gabriel Dam, which was built in the 1930s. Sterling Clippel is principal stormwater engineer for the county. He says when reservoirs fill up, officials open the floodgates to send water to spreading grounds downstream. The water then will percolate through this kind of sandy, gravelly geology here and recharge these local aquifers where later it's pumped out for local municipal water use. 
L.A. County gets about a third of its water from those aquifers, while the rest is imported either from Northern California or from the Colorado River. But the city of L.A.'s goal is to flip that equation by 2035, using two-thirds local water and cutting Southern California's dependence on imported water. Bruce Resnick, with the nonprofit L.A. Waterkeeper, says the local infrastructure is just not set up for that yet. So much of L.A. is channelized and concretized and urbanized that we're not letting Mother Nature do its job of capturing the stormwater, letting it recharge our groundwater. We are trying to undo a century worth of poor planning around water, and it's going to take us a while. L.A. County voters passed Measure W five years ago. It devotes $280 million each year to water projects. But Professor Dan McCurry at USC thinks it'll take several billion dollars to hit that 2035 goal to use mostly local water. And he says capturing more stormwater is one of the best tools we've got. We're not talking about complicated, energy-intensive, expensive engineering treatment processes like we have to do for wastewater reuse. So in some sense, stormwater capture when it's available is low-hanging fruit. This story was produced with original reporting from Kaylee Wells for KCRW. For California News Service, I'm Suzanne Potter. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. Let's take a look at today's local news. Carlos Rialas Dominguez was arraigned this afternoon in Yolo Superior Court. The 21-year-old former UC Davis student who police and prosecutors believe is responsible for the killings of two Davis men and the attempted murder of a third woman was formally charged in the slayings that paralyzed the college town. He entered not guilty pleas to all charges. Riales Dominguez wore a protective vest while standing behind plexiglass in a woodland courthouse today, with his eyes downcast as the charges against him were read. He faces two counts of murder and one of attempted murder. In the words of the prosecutors, the crimes indicated cruelty, planning, and sophistication. Riales Dominguez, the judge says, presents a, quote, serious danger to society. His bail, originally set at $4 million, was revoked. Judge Daniel Wolk agreed with prosecutors' request to hold Riales Dominguez without bail. He now awaits a May 22nd hearing before Judge Samuel T. McAdam. This reported in the Sacramento Bee. The Grass Valley Police Department has uploaded a video and summary of a May 4th vehicle chase and arrest to their Facebook page. According to GVPD, last night just before 10 p.m., an officer spotted a wanted subject driving near Jersky Drive. The officer attempted a traffic stop. However, the driver fled throwing a firearm and other contraband from his vehicle and colliding with guardrails. The wanted suspect eventually exited his car after speeding the wrong way down Jersky Drive. GVPD officers arrested the driver after finding him hiding in bushes. A loaded Ruger handgun and suspected methamphetamine were recovered from the area as well. The apprehended suspect, Gregory Woodward of Nevada County, was positively identified as the driver of the vehicle. He had an outstanding felony warrant for his arrest and is currently on California state parole. He is now back in custody facing a list of fresh charges. Now on to your forecast from the National Weather Service. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight an 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms with a low around 41 degrees. Saturday, showers and thunderstorms with a high near 52. Saturday night sees a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms before midnight, mostly cloudy with a low around 38 degrees. 
Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 60 degrees. Sunday night is partly cloudy with a low around 40. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 29 degrees with rain and snow showers. Saturday, snow showers with some thunder possible and a high near 40. Saturday night will be mostly cloudy with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour and a low around 25 degrees. Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 46. Sunday night will be partly cloudy with a low around 29 degrees. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly cloudy with a low around 52 degrees. Saturday, cloudy then gradually becoming mostly sunny with a high near 66. Sunday, sunny with a high near 70 degrees. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Despite the weather signaling otherwise, it's spring, which means the return of music festival season is just around the corner. And KVMR's Felton Pruitt has the details on a KVMR listener favorite. We're talking with Bix Beeman, the festival manager for the Strawberry Music Festival, which is going to be coming up very quickly. And Bix, I understand you're out on the road. You're in, what, Halifax, Nova Scotia right now? Yes, I am. Howdy, Felton. Uh, out here in Canada on the East Coast for the East Coast Music Awards. And I uh, had a nice chance this morning to, uh, to see somebody who's going to be a strawberry, and that was Quote the Raven dynamite set here this morning and so i'm just trying to stay connected with uh, all the great music that's out there i know that's been something that strawberry's done over the many many years of the festival is you travel all over the country and the world to find new acts and you do you find some really great stuff yeah maybe not the whole world but certainly north america and uh got a chance to to really catch some great acts and uh looking forward to seeing them at strawberry Well, I've seen some great acts listed on your website right now. As far as, gosh, the headliners just on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday alone are enough to make your mouth water. (laughs) Well, I I really felt that uh, we got some great folks lined up and all the way through the day, tremendous music. And I'm super excited about uh, what's coming up on Saturday because besides having Yonder Mountain closing the show, we were able to add in Broken Compass Bluegrass in the morning there. So to have them on the same day, and then you got the Sam Grisman project in between there, and Mr. Sun with Daryl Anger, that is some amazing music. So that day is going to be pretty tremendous. I had the good fortune of seeing the Sam Grisman uh, project earlier this year. That's a great act. They're doing some fantastic stuff, and it's exciting to have Sam Grisman because, uh, well, of course, the connection with Strawberry and his family. He's been to Strawberry. He's played on the Strawberry stage before, but here he is with his own project. And we're excited because on Sunday, he's going to do Not For Kids Only, which is, uh, there was a, I don't know if you remember, but the Grisman album, Not For Kids Only, had a picture of Sam Grisman on the front of when he was a young little lad. And so now he's going to be at Strawberry on Sunday doing a live version of that album. And you mentioned Broken Compass, of course, with Kyle Ledson, one of our favorites around here in Nevada City and Grass Valley. And uh, he has a habit of showing up at Yonder Mountain shows. So there's a lot of connectivity there. Exactly. Talk about some of the folks that I'm not really familiar with. I mean, there's some new bands out there that maybe some of the regular Strawberry people, like you mentioned Mr. Sun. We all know who Daryl Anger is, but we don't know know much about Mr. Sun. Oh, it's a a fantastic instrumental group. It's hard to describe, you know, to name genres, but it's American fiddle music and more played by the virtuosos. 
And then I see on Friday night you've got the North Mississippi All-Stars. I'm trying to remember. Have they been to Strawberry before? They have, and I think they may have been twice. I'm not sure. I think they were the backing band one time for— uh, John Hyatt. John Hyatt, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So they've been before. They're uh, they're amazing musicians and have a great Americana approach. I, I've heard them doing workshops and very informative and soulful players. On Friday, we've got uh, an amazing availability. We were able to get Beausoleil with Michael Doucet to come. And they've been to Strawberry, but it's been, I think it's been over 20 years for those guys. And talk about legends in Americana music. Uh, Michael Doucet has been playing music for many, many decades. I think he's close to a 50-year mark or more now. And uh, his band is tremendous, and uh, they know how to bring the party. So that's going to add a lot to that day. Boy, that's some of the old strawberry history when you think. I think what Michael Doucet was back there in the 80s, I think, or something. Yeah, it, it may have been closer to 35 or 40 years. Yeah. So what's new at Strawberry that you want the folks to know about, Bix? Well, just more of the same. You know, it's always new every year. But uh, in terms of big dramatic changes, I think we kind of took care of that last year. You know, we're just going to try to keep improving, make the sound better, make the uh, visuals better, and make it more fun for people to hang out and camp and jam. Probably the biggest change that we're going to try to do is to really bring the strawberry hog back to its prominence within the camp. And that's for those who have been to Strawberry or those who have listened on KVMR. That's our low-powered camp FM radio station that keeps the campers in touch with what's going on throughout the entire camp on the main stage, the workshop, and everywhere else. And so we're really excited to have a strong team there this year. And we're going to try to really make sure that the the voice of the campers is heard as we uh, bring the FM transmitter around camp and, and listen to what's going on everywhere. We're talking with Bix Beeman, the festival manager for the Strawberry Music Festival. Give us the dates of Strawberry for this year. The gates officially open on Wednesday, which is really a, a new thing for us. Maybe I should have mentioned that. Uh, Strawberry for ever has been a four-day music festival starting with music on thursday and going with music through till sunday and then we include the camping on sunday night and people really liked coming in early so we had a bunch of people that came in on wednesday last year partly because of the pandemic and partly because we just thought we had the ability to open things up and so this year we're letting almost everybody come in on wednesday and so it's a wednesday night there will be you know there'll be some stuff happening in camp but it's not really the main stage until thursday and so the gates open, that's Thursday, May 25th. We've got music starting, well, on the workshop stage in the afternoon, but the main stage will start at about 4.15. And that rolls through until Sunday. That's uh, May 28th, if I'm doing the math properly. And most people will spend the night so that they don't have to drive that night and uh, head out early Monday morning. Now, I know there's always some special cool things like the Amy's Orchid Cafe late night shows. Can you tease us with any info on those? Well, you mentioned uh, Sam Grisman. He's going to be with Achilles' Wheel. What an amazing combo that is. We've also got um, Marley's Ghost and the Rainbow Girls on Thursday night. And I think the KVMR listeners are pretty familiar with them. But then on uh, Saturday, you were asking about bands that you might not know about. And I don't know how many of your folks know about Trey Wellington, but Trey Wellington is an amazing banjo player from, I believe, North Carolina. He's a young guy with a lot of... Uh, insight and talent and so we're excited to have him and he's going to be playing uh, with willie t taylor and that's in the cafe on saturday night so i from what i hear willie t is coming with a band it's not the good luck thrift store but it's something real similar he's got uh, same kind of instrumentation and all so uh, another great strawberry kind of a band 
One of the great traditions of Strawberry is the gospel show on Sunday morning. What's the lineup for that? Well, we've got this uh, a band from uh, Newfoundland called Quote the Raven. It's a, a duo, tremendous singers and performers. Uh, and they'll kind of start things off. Another one that folks might not know a whole lot about is a, a woman named Sunny War, who's kind of from Southern California. She's uh, got an amazing finger style of playing guitar, and she really has some amazing songwriting, too. So she's going to be in there. Then we've got Lori Lewis uh, doing a little bit on the revival. And then Trey Wellington's there at the Revival. And we're going to wrap things up with the infamous Marley's Ghost headlining at the Revival. That brings back some strawberry memories, doesn't it? Oh, man. I, I would have to say since the late 80s, early 90s, strawberry, you know, Marley's Ghost at the Revival was historic. I think you got to go back to mid-80s on that one. Yeah, okay. all the way back. They're also uh, going to be there uh, for their workshop. I know the Amy's on Thursday night. So they'll be there the whole festival. And hanging out, they are also going to have a workshop with uh, John Wilcox on Saturday. So if folks wanted to grab themselves a ticket to the Strawberry Music Festival, what's the website? What's the phone number? It's pretty easy. You just go to strawberrymusic.com. It's all one word. You just strawberrymusic.com. And the phone number is 209-984-8630. That's Bix Beeman, the festival manager for the Strawberry Music Festival coming to the fairgrounds on McCourtney Road in Grass Valley. Uh, We're certainly looking forward to seeing all of you there, Bix. Thanks for bringing it back to us. Yeah, you're real welcome. And I'll just let everybody there in KVMR land know that while I'm here in Halifax, I'm walking around proudly wearing my KVMR 89.5 hat that I got from Pledging. Excellent. All right, we'll see you out in the meadow. Right on. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. That's our newscast for this Friday, May 5th. KVMR gets support from generous listeners like you and Green Acres Nursery and Supply, reminding listeners to consider drought-tolerant plants, drip irrigation, organic amendments to keep landscapes thriving in low water years. IDigGreenAcres.com And Nevada County Library and the Nevada County Reads Program. Welcoming Charles Yu, author of Nevada County Reads' featured book, Interior Chinatown, for an in-person author talk, plus a taiko drumming performance at the Miner's Foundry, Saturday, May 27th, 6 p.m. More information, nevadacountyreads.com. Support for KVMR's Future of Radio project comes from AJA Video Systems, empowering the next generation of local journalists and broadcasters. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendonca. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend.